Let's see what's going on. Shout out to Black Introvert TV, y'all. Make sure y'all go support this brother. Always dropping very good content. I see he upgraded to a microphone as he sits in his car. My my man's is doing things. That's what I'm talking about, bruh. So on my other channel called G Dizzle Clips, C-L-I-P-S, G Dizzle Clips, where I take little four or five minute clips of these live streams and post them over there because I'm trying to get YouTube rich. But now I take little clips and post them on that other channel. Somebody made, he say baby steps. <laughs> That's right, baby. Got to take them baby steps. Says so yes, if you're dark skin, y'all light skins get passes daily. Okay. So somebody says uh, this chick named Kim says she left this comment on my my Jill Scott clip. So you go to my other channel, G Dizzle Clips. I posted a clip about uh, when I was talking about Jill Scott and how Jill Scott wants to leave America. So the chick Kim says, if you have a heart and eyes, you would want to leave America too. So many of you just care about money, smoking and drinking. Those things got y'all so caught up that y'all really aren't seeing how bad America is for black people. Plus, many of us have never even been overseas to know how different or better it could be for us. <laughs> so shout out to Professor Black ops so uh let's let's talk about this let's go ahead and address my man dave here he says yes if, if you are dark skin y'all light skins get passes daily super facts dave super duper facts put some respect on this light skin buddy don't be mad at me because i was born with the complexion for the protection and the benefits Look at my light skin. Look at it glow. Oh, aren't you mad you aren't light skin? <laughs> aren't you mad? Don't be mad at me, player. I wasn't up in heaven deciding who my parents is going to be and what I want my skin color to look like. I just came through to this earth, popped out the womb, and started making it do what it do, baby. You should, too. It is what it is. Do, do I get mad every time I look at LeBron James? And be like, man, how come I was never as good a basketball player as LeBron James? I should have been in the NBA. That should have been me who was born with that athletic ability to go straight out of high school to the league. But no, I don't get mad. I just accept it for what it is. I'm light-skinned. He's a, he's a very good basketball player. <laughs> That's just how it is. You know what I'm saying? That's just the, those are the cards we were dealt in life. You take whatever you were born with and you make it do what it do. Dave, don't hate on me. Do not hate on light-skinned players like me. Well, I'm not a player no more because I'm married. But don't hate on it, baby. It is what it is. They got solutions out there for you. Go get you some skin lightening cream. Get your Sammy Sosa, your little Kim on. 
and you can join Team Lightskin. Michael Jackson did. You can too. Don't hate player. Except Michael Jackson went all the way to the white side with it. He should have stopped at light skin when he was, remember the time, Michael Jackson, but he decided he wanted to go full-blown white woman. But whatever. There's options out there for you. But shout out to my man, Dave, saying we get passes. Hey, I wish I can get some passes, but, you know, I still got to do things like everybody else. I got to make sure I got good credit. Uh, I don't get no passes every time I go look at the gas pump and it's over $3 and I got to fill up my damn Jeep. I don't get no passes on that. If I want to go get another job, I got to go sit through a job interview. I don't get to put on my resume. I'm light skinned. Hire me. But if they start, if they start making that a benefit, I'm putting on my resume. I'm light skinned. Screw everything else. I know I'm light skinned. Give me the damn $100,000, $200,000 job. Dave ain't light-skinned. Give him the janitor job. <laughs> that happens. It is what it is, baby. Don't hate. Hate the white man. <laughs> Shout out to Dave. I need to get a new seat. I need to get a new chair. What does Dave say? It's all good. Dark skins are the backbone of the community. Y'all are doing a horrible job if you're the backbone of the community. That's fine. You can be the backbone. Light skins will be the brains. <laughs> we, will, we will be the brains. We will be the 10% to lead you Negroes to the promised land. That's what we'll do. <laughs> Shout out to W.E.B. DeBose. We'll be the talented 10th around here. It's so bad, G. They refuse to leave, and better yet, continue to work and provide for Mr. Dwight, man. That's right. So let's get back to this comment this, uh, this chick said. She said, if you have a heart and eyes, you will want to leave America too. No, the hell I won't. I have a heart, and I have eyes, and I got ears, and I got skin. <laughs> I ain't leaving this country. They're going to have to drag me out this country. I'm not leaving America. I'm going down with the ship, baby. I'm staying here. I was born here. My parents were born here. My grandparents were born. Everybody, especially on the black side of my family, everybody was born here. I am going down with the ship. America is home. I stand up. I say the Pledge of Allegiance. I put my hand over my heart. And I thank that damn white man for turning this into a country that I can. <laughs> I thank the peoples that turn this place into a country I can call home. Fuck is you talking about? I've been overseas before, chick. I've been to places where it's rough, where it's real oppression, where it's scary. It's scary for light-skinned niggas like me. I'm staying my ass right here in America where I can pick up the phone and call the law on you niggas if you try to come do something to me and you and you white people too. The hell is you talking about? I've been overseas. She says, uh, so many of you just care about money, smoking and drinking. Damn right. I care about money. Money makes my life more comfortable. I mean, what else do you want me to say? I don't really too, too much care for drinking anymore. I used to when I was younger. 
Smoking, I still smoke a little some, some, but I care about money. Money makes my life more comfortable. It gets me closer to happiness, whatever the heck that might be. And I know people are like, oh, money can't buy you happiness. Well, that's true. But I am happy when I earn money and I can afford to pay a mortgage instead of not having money and living on the street. You understand what I'm saying? So, yes, I care about money. I like the ability to come home to a half a million dollar house. And I just looked up my property value yesterday. Let me tell you something about money. I bought my house two years ago, paid $430,000 for it. I just looked up how much my house is worth yesterday. They say this thing is worth about $515,000. So I like coming home to a house I can sell. No, wait, it's worth more than that. Hold on. Let me get my math straight. It's, I, think, I think I took a picture of it. Let me see. Let me make sure. No, it's actually worth more than that. It's actually worth about five fifty. Yeah, it was five. It was that other number about two months ago. This thing don't went up. So I'm happy. I like money. I like the ability to earn money so I can live in houses that go up over $100,000 in value since I purchased it two years ago. I like to come home to a house with air conditioning, nice furniture and fixtures, internet access, food in the refrigerator. I got enough money to pay a Mexican to keep my lawn manicured so I don't have to get out there and cut grass in this hot Florida sun. Yes, money is bringing me closer to some semblance of happiness because I could be out there on the streets right now, jingling my cup, coming up with sad sob stories, asking you to donate so I can get a bus ticket. <laughs> so I like money. Money keeps me sheltered and fed. You should like money, too. If you don't like money, I don't know what you're doing here. You need money to survive in this country. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, this person then says, those things get y'all so caught up that y'all really aren't seeing how bad America is for black people. So this woman is telling me money, smoking, and drinking got us all caught up that we don't see how bad America is for black people. No, America is great for black people and all the black people in the world. This is probably the best country for you to be in. Now, you aren't the freest black people. The freest black people in the world are them Negroes that live on Sentinel Island. That if you come within, you try to land on that island, they will take you out. And they don't care what skin color you are. And them Negroes are jet black like these headphones right here. But here in America, this is the best place for y'all to be. You got Negroes from the continent trying to come over here every day. You got Negroes from the Caribbean trying to come over here every day. They are at the border by the boatload, tens of thousands. Did you not just see the news about the Haitians? 
We had about eight, ten thousand of them at the border last month. They say it's another thirty thousand or some outstanding number that are currently on the march right now as I speak to the border. But if America is so doggone bad, why are all these Haitians coming to America when they were granted asylum in Venezuela and other countries in South America? But they want to come up here to America and get some of this milk and honey that you American Negroes were born into. But you got the nerve to bump your little Twitter fingers and run your little goofy mouths on YouTube talking about how bad America is for black people. i tell you what, how about you pack your shit and go down to Venezuela and swap places with all them damn Haitians coming up here? I bet you won't do that. I bet none of you Negroes will do that. Bet now one of y'all want to swap places with somebody coming from Nigeria, South America, Haiti, or some other Caribbean country, or wherever the hell they coming from. I bet now one of y'all want to give y'all place up to, to, to do some old foreign exchange type of program. You know why? Because America is great for you Negroes. You Negroes get to sit in your houses, your apartments, and surf the internet and listen to YouTube videos all day long. And we know you do because everybody watches YouTube. Everybody and their mama. Matter of fact, studies have come out and said that more people watch YouTube than TV. And there's a whole bunch of you Negroes out there watching YouTube. So how dare you complain about how great, how bad America is. You sitting in your house right now with some, some crackers in your refrigerator with your little EBT food stamp checks that come in once a month. And you surfing the internet, listening to YouTube videos, talking about how bad you got it as you sit there and patch your 30-inch weave. You sit there and brush up your $200, $300 pair of Jordans. How dare you? While you sitting there on the white man's iPhone or Android. <laughs> I told y'all Steve Jobs set Negroes free. All right, this person then says, uh, plus many of us have never even been overseas to know how different or better it could be for us. I've been overseas. This is the place you want to be right here, babe. There's a chick that wrote this. This is the place you want to be right here. I have been overseas and seen it for you, Negroes. Listen, I was in Afghanistan when back in 2010, 2011, when I was in the army, I was in Afghanistan. We had Africans working on our base out there doing my laundry. I would throw my laundry in the laundry bag, take it down to the laundry facility. They would wash my dirty drawers and then they would fold my laundry up and put it back in the bag until I came to retrieve my clothing. They would be in there cleaning the latrines, doing a whole bunch of domestic work, men and women. They were getting paid $400 a month to do all this stuff in a danger zone where they could be shot and are blown up any damn minute. And they didn't even carry weapons. I at least got to carry a M4, which looks like a short M16 with 210 rounds on my vest. I at least got to carry something. They didn't even have that. 
and they were only getting paid four hundred dollars a month and then they were sending most of that money back to kenya wherever they came from to take care of their families so think about how bad it is where you got to go risk life and limb in a foreign country in the middle of a war zone to go wash some american negroes underwear for four hundred dollars a month so you can send money back home to your mama and them. Think about how bad it is in some of these other places, right? And you got the nerve to sit here and complain about America. You lazy bum Negro, you. They ain't even have iPhones. <laughs> not, not the new ones. What else does person say? Where, let me find my picture. Hold on, here we go. So, anyways, uh, all right. So, I think that's all they said. So, anyways, they said so. So many of y'all just care about money, smoking, and drinking. These those things got y'all so caught up that y'all really aren't seeing how bad America is for black people. Is America really bad for black people, or are black people bad for America? I think we need to answer that question. Is America really bad for black people or are black people bad for America? Why don't you want to say that? Or are black people bad for black people? I think that's what we need to uh, analyze here. Because here in America in the year 2021, Negroes can do and say whatever they want to the point where you can shoot four people at a high school get bonded out the next day, come home to a party, taking pictures on the gram and stuff your face with church's chicken. How bad is that for American Negroes? In this country, you can be involved in a drug operation, get unfortunately sent to the upper room, and they got statues of you going up right now. You could be a lifelong junkie criminal. Go out there and do some activities that attract the attention of the police. And then that one, that one cop comes through and unfortunately plays a role in sending you to the upper room. And you get elevated to the status of a Martin Luther King, a Malcolm X, and get statues all over the place. To the point where I even seen Tracy Ellis Ross, another half-breed like me, sent out a tweet about St. Floyd, George Floyd, talking about happy birthday, King. Like, she posted this on her Facebook or Instagram. I was like, if that nigga was still alive and, and you saw him walking down the street, she would do everything in her power to get the hell away from his ass. But this is how bad you got it in America. You could be a full-blown junkie criminal. Not saying you deserve to, to die, but, hey, you can do those activities and get elevated to where you are going to be in the history books as one of the, the greatest black people to ever live. Norway city held hostage by mass bow and arrow shooter. Cops there aren't allowed guns. They need to give them guns. I heard about that, though. More than likely it was a white person because, you know, Norway is like 99.9% .9 white. <laughs> but that's what you can do here in America. So I don't want to hear how bad you think you got it. The problem is a lot of y'all, especially if you're 
ADOS or FBA or however the heck you identify, a lot of y'all refuse to take advantage of the opportunities that are right in front of your face. You refuse to take advantage of it and then want to cry about the lack of results that come your way later on. Or when you're young, because I tell you, I've told you guys this a thousand times. I firmly believe most black people's problems start in middle school and high school. A lot of y'all begin setting the wheels in motion for how your life is going to be starting in middle school and high school. When y'all are old enough to go out there and make stupid decisions that you are fully aware of, but then you want to cry about these decisions later on in life. So you want to be in high school. You want to be a dope boy. You want to be out there popping babies out by the time you're 15 years old. And then you wonder why your life sucks by the time you're 25, 30 years old. And then you turn into a woe is me pro-black or some damn looney tune deranged liberal. It's because a lot of y'all make horrible decisions. You got opportunities in this country that niggas is literally marching through the uh, Amazon jungle. There's this part of, um, there's this part, all them Haitians that are marching up here, right? There's this stretch of land. I, it's like, right, where is it at? I think it's in Panama or it's in Colombia, right before you officially leave South America and hit Central America. There's this 67 mile stretch of land that's undeveloped because it is so dangerous. I mean, we're talking about lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my, type of dangerous, right? 67 miles of undeveloped land that they got to march through where they say, dude, it's a high chance that you might not make it up out of there. You might get bit by a damn undiscovered snake that nobody's ever seen before. They probably got spiders out there that nobody's ever seen before. They got all kind of creepy crawlers out there. They got these people. Yeah, there it is right there. It's called the Darien Gap. Go look up the Darien Gap. They say it is 67 miles of undeveloped raw jungle these people got to march through that to get to, to just to get to central america these jokers are marching through 67 miles of undeveloped raw jungle when i say raw we talking about it's all kind of crap out there that go bumping bumping the night that'll fuck you up they out here marching through that just so that they can get to the southern border of the United States and hope and pray Joe Biden lets them in. But you, you live over here. The most you got to deal with is the roaches in your house, <laughs> depending upon where you live and how clean you keep your residence, right? The most you got to deal with is some roaches and the occasional bullets flying through Blackistan from other Negroes, right? You ain't got to march through no damn jungle thinking you Tarzan with your little machete just chopping vines all over the damn place, right? You ain't got to deal with that. You just, got to, you just got to sit up here in America and surf the internet watching YouTube videos talking about, woe is me, it's so bad, it's racist. Listen. How bad and how racist can it be if niggas are marching through 67 miles of undeveloped raw jungle? 
They leave in a country that they were already given asylum in to come to this country that you complaining about. And when they get here, if they get in here, which more than likely they're probably going to get in here, most of them are probably going to come over here and outwork your ass, outcompete you. They're going to be out there willing to do these low jobs, these low skill, low paying jobs in an effort to hopefully move up one day or at least provide a better life for their babies to do. But you stuck here whining and crying and complaining about racism. Woe is me. All these opportunities, man. Internet on tap. Public library on tap. But you sitting around here watching Kevin Samuels 24-7. You could be out there learning some other stuff. You do know it's more to YouTube than Kevin Samuels and, and celebrity gossip, right? You do know that there's a whole I keep telling y'all black YouTube is like a drop in the Atlantic Ocean. There's a whole bunch of other content out there you could use to expand your brain so that you can get your life on and popping so you can create all types of potential opportunities for yourself. And a lot of these opportunities don't even require you to go to college. But America's so bad. How bad is it if you've never even left the country? Because I keep telling y'all, people that always say that, America's so bad, man. These are Negroes that don't even know where to go get a passport from. They got a phone in their hand that is a damn, a damn, damn near a supercomputer. Fits in the palm of their hand. And they, they don't even know how to Google, where do I go get a passport and how much does it cost? So you, you ain't got no right to sit around here and talk about how bad a place is if you've never even left the place to go compare it to something else. Go overseas. Get your passport first. Go overseas. I'm telling you, once you go overseas and you see how the overwhelming majority of the world is getting down, I ain't talking about, no, don't go to England. Don't go to Canada. Don't go to the Caribbean. Don't go to any... uh westernized country no take your ass to the mid-east to some random country in africa somewhere just just pick one on the map go over there and see how the overwhelming majority of the world is living you're gonna be like man i need to get my ass back in america i need to get back into america baby you're gonna go over these other countries the internet gonna suck <laughs> especially those y'all who want to go to africa they internet sucks over there for the most part. Matter of fact, Google is about to, is it Google or who is it? Is it Google? I just saw something the other day. I think it's Google. They plan on investing like a billion dollars into Africa just to uh, bring their internet connection up to speed with the rest of the you know modern world. I think it's Google that's planning on doing that, if I'm not mistaken, but whatever. But go on over there, man. Go on over there. I encourage you to go over there and just let's look. Just go over there and look and see how other people are living. I ain't saying that they're all bad. There's some decent spots you can live. But the thing is, you're going to be in for a culture shock. You see, y'all going to leave out this country. And here's the thing about black Americans, right? You are Americans. As much as you claim to hate white folks, you got more in common with these white people than anybody else in the world because we've been around each other our entire lives. So 
you might think you all pro bliggity black, got your dashikis on, you know the the woe is me lingo to a T. But what's going to happen? You're going to go to these other countries <clears throat> thinking you escaping America. And they're going to look at you just like another damn spoiled ass American, no matter how black you are. Because that whole you black wherever you go. No, you're American wherever you go. And like I say, nine times out of 10, the people that tell you that you black wherever you go, these are a bunch of people that never even left the country. You are American wherever you go. The way you look, you smell, you walk, you talk, your whole demeanor screams American, screams you got money. Even if you are broke by American standards, you're rich by their standards. Because I just told you, I just told you I was in Afghanistan with a bunch of Africans. They were only getting paid $400 a month. We had Negroes on the base spending $400 in a day because they were bored. <laughs> I know a guy who was uh, born in Africa, came over here, immigrated over here, joined the U.S. Army, did 20 years in the military, retired as a staff sergeant. He was like, I'm moving back to my home country. I can't remember what country he said he was from, but he said, he's like, listen, my retirement check from the army as a staff sergeant, his retirement check, probably around $1,800, $1,900 a month after taxes, right? Because your retirement check gets taxed. So he's collecting about $1,800, $1,900 a month in retirement from the U.S. Army. He said that is enough money for him to be balling out of control in his home country. He's like, bruh, I just live off my retirement check in my home country. I could be in the club making it rain 24 hours a day if I wanted. He could be smacking bitches on the ass all day, all night long. He could be doing all kinds of stuff just off of $1,800 a month. That's it. Ain't never got to work a day in his life if he don't want to in his home country. So $1,800 a month here in America, he'd be in the poorhouse. Over in the mother countries, he is a ghetto. He ain't even a ghetto superstar. He's just a superstar. He's rich. But anyways, so a lot of y'all going to go overseas. And y'all going to go over there and forget that y'all are Americans. Y'all going to go over there with your American attitudes. Because, you know, and you know, Americans, we think, we think, uh, especially black Americans, black Americans think that they got the monopoly on blackness, even though. It's only like 30, maybe as much as 40 million black people in this country. You forget that there are billions of black people around the world. But for some reason, black Americans think that uh, the, the, the monopoly on blackness is owned by black people, meaning that black Americans, they dictate and set the rules for blackness all across the globe. As if somebody elected black Americans to be the, the, the leaders of all black people, the entire diaspora. Y'all forget, you go to these other countries, they're not Americans, man. They got a whole different way of living and getting down. So you're going to go over there with your American attitudes, your American values, your, your, your love of free speech and whining and crying. You're going to go to some countries over there, and you think you don't escape depression. You're going to go into a place where they might hand you that business. You, you start opening up opening up your mouth, talking reckless and greasy about the wrong person, you might end up going missing in broad daylight 
not the middle of the night. They coming to snatch you up immediately in some of these countries. Like they don't play that crap. You can come over here in America. You can curse people out on Twitter. You can you can curse people out in the streets on camera and don't nobody do nothing to you, but just film it and you go viral. Might make the news over there. You might end up missing. <laughs> you might end up missing and be on the black market list because they out there trading your body parts, selling your body parts. To be, like it's real in these other countries. Go to Southeast Asia. They be over there killing reporters for talking out against the government. Like they're brutal in a lot of these countries. But you're going to go over there with your American attitude like most Americans do, because when we go overseas, we think we're king dingling. Everywhere we go, everybody's supposed to bow down to us. And a lot of them do bow down because a lot of them want to get our money. That's like we all go to the Caribbean, right? Niggas be in the Caribbean. They be like, yeah, man, they love me over there. Nigga, they love you because you're an American and they think you got money. Of course, they're going to acquiesce to your every want and desire and treat you like a king and throw rose petals at your feet and all this because they think you're rich. Even if you're not rich, you got more money than them. And they want some of that money so that they can do whatever they got to do. But it's like that everywhere. You're going to go over there with these American attitudes and they're going to check you. And then you're going to get checked and then you're going to be trying to be on the first plane up out of there. Because they ain't going to let you be black. You, you can go to an all-black country in Africa. The, pick the blackest country in Africa, right? Something sub-Saharan, right? You go over there with your American blackness. You go over there trying try and talking this gender war crap. <laughs> talking about black men ain't crap. Man, they're going to have your ass in a hijab somewhere covered from head to toe. strung up on a damn post somewhere with them putting a tire around your neck and setting it on fire. Like you don't like what I'm saying is you Negroes talk all this crap about how bad this place is while totally ignoring all the goodies that you have. You may not have all the goodies. We, yeah, we're not living like Beyonce and Jay-Z. Most of us, you know, they're at the, the pinnacle of, of how people should be living. Right. Because they got a unique skill set and talent that people decide it was worth millions on top of millions and millions of dollars, right? Most of us ain't got that type of skill set. But you can make money in other areas if you just apply yourself. Because you might not think Jay-Z's a good rapper. You might not think Beyonce's a good singer. But you can't deny their work ethic and their skill set to where they've impressed enough people to make them, to get these people to want to pay them hundreds of thousands into the millions of dollars to where now Jay-Z's a damn billionaire. But you got other skill sets, man. It's just a matter of do you want to apply yourself or, or do you just want to sit around here, whine and cry about how bad a country is and you think it's just better everywhere else? No, you got it made here. Because like I just told you, you got niggas that are walking through undeveloped raw jungle, 67 miles of it, the Darien Gap. Go look it up. The Darien Gap. They say that this is probably one of the most dangerous places on the entire globe. They walking through the jungle, y'all, like Jungle Book to get to America. And I, I am not even making this up. They are literally on foot walking through this place to come to America so that they can uh, see how bad you think you got it. <laughs> 
They're going to come over here, open up restaurants, be over here doing hair, doing whatever the hell they do. Get it popping out in these streets while you're over here whining and crying. It's so bad. They's killing us. They, they Listen, you got like a 0.003% chance, right? Now, look, if you, if you hear people saying there's a 0.003% chance of you getting killed by the cops, I want y'all to know y'all heard it from me first. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying I'm the one that told y'all this information because I actually did the calculations on screen in front of your face one day. If you want to know how I came to that number, I'll show you again in the future video. But it's so bad. You got a 0.003% chance of, of getting taken up out of here. by You got a higher chance of getting killed by COVID than you do a cop. But it's so bad. It's so bad here in America, right? It's bad because you're bad for America. You, if you are one of these black folks whining and crying about how bad it is for black people, it's because you are bad for America. You choose to be a lazy bum who whines and cries about every single thing. Because look, I'll tell y'all again, if you are under the age of 40, I'll say 45 and younger, well, yeah, about 45 and younger, you guys lie about racism all the time. There was a story that just came out not too long ago. I can't remember what city it was, but there was a high school. And in the bathroom, somebody had wrote some racial stuff about black folks. And then all the black kids in the whole school pretty much organized a, a walkout of the high school. This happened like about a week or so ago, if I'm not mistaken. Come to discover, it was a little Negro who did it. And then one of the black girls that they interviewed on the news, who was, uh, I guess, organizing the, the, the walkout, she was on news saying, oh, this is so embarrassing. I am so embarrassed. You should be embarrassed. Because this stuff happens all the time. What was that news story about that girl made up that story, that little 12 or 13-year-old girl? She got, like, dreadlocks and glasses. She made up that story about getting bullied by white kids. Turns out it was all a lie. All a lie. Jesse Smollett getting beat up in sub-zero temperatures in Chicago. Chicago got like 30,000 damn cameras downtown in that area. He allegedly got beat up in all a lie. I mean, come on, what else? What else is a lie? There's so many of them out there. I can't even keep track of this crap anymore. But I don't even, I don't believe it. I told you in order for me to believe a young person under 40 or a person under 40 who experiences racism, I need to see a picture of them swinging from a tree. I mean, I need to, I need to see some hardcore 1921 racism because I don't believe it. I do not believe it. Most of y'all make this crap up. Just like, matter of fact, just like at Arizona State University, the white dude sitting in there with his laptop, he got a Police Lives Matter sticker on his thing, the little light bright come over there talking about, you're bothering us. You're making us feel unsafe. It's like, chick, you came and approached him. He was sitting there and say a damn thing to anybody. You came and stuck a camera in his face, called him racist, and then you'd want to run. You want to run around here and turn around and say he's threatening you, and, and, and he's he's uh he's being a meanie because he decides to be like kind of check you a little bit. It's like niggas just make this stuff up, man. Niggas make it up. This is the greatest country on the damn planet. The hell is you niggas talking about? The greatest country. Still, even with these high-ass gas prices, 
and this sorry ass president we got this you can still get it popping in this country if you're willing to work problem is you don't like work the only work you like to do is take your clothes off and get bent over and pop babies out that's the only work a lot of y'all like to do or you like to get out there and just do pookie and ray ray activities non-stop you don't want to apply yourself at a young age you wonder why your life sucks your life could be so much better if you stop all this whining and crying as much time as y'all spend on social media whining and crying think about what you could be accomplishing with your life if you put that same energy into a project or something worthy but nah you know why you ain't gonna do that because that requires you to do some real work it requires you to read read books without pictures Go out there and actually learn a skill set and do something. Nobody got time for that. We're going to miss Kevin Samuels if we do all that. I ain't got time to be learning IT. I got to be learning about how bad these black women's are. <laughs> I got to be out here crying about child support every five seconds. What the hell is this? Oh. You know what I mean? So I don't want to hear this crap, man. So, you know, shout out to that chick that sent that message, though. Whining about America. Let me read it again. She says, if you have a heart and eyes, you will want to leave America, too. No, the hell I don't. I'll leave, I'll leave to go visit, but I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I've been to quite a few countries in my life, so I already know what time it is over there. Says, so many of you just care about money, smoking, and drinking. Like I say, I don't too much care for drinking. I'm not a big drinker. Smoking, I need to cut it out. But yeah, I care about money because I like to do things with my life. I like nice things. I want to go places. I need money to uh, buy gasoline so I can drive my damn truck around. I need money so I can keep a roof over my head. I need money to pay my internet connection. I need money to pay StreamYard so I can live stream on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I like money. Even, even people that you see on the side of the road asking for money, they like money too, or else they wouldn't be out there asking for a dollar. Everybody likes money in this country. I would like to earn more. Just like everybody else. She said, those things got y'all so caught up that y'all really aren't seeing how bad America is for black people. Like I say, it's not bad. You just haven't figured out how to... Uh, hone a skill that can pay you money so you can experience some happiness because i'm telling you the more money you make as a black person the happier you become the less bs you got to deal with you gotta you gotta start making up crap the more money you get kind of like randy moss was it randy moss that was crying the other day he was on um espn crying about some 10 year old emails some some uh, what was that coach from the raiders was talking about this other black dude's lips right Talking about old oh, buddy had big lips. And these were some, these were written in some emails from 10 years ago. Randy Moss got his country ass on that TV in front of all them white folks and damn near started crying. Man, the NFL, we, we, we supposed to be going forward. We going backwards. It's like my nigga. This was first off, these emails are 10 years old. Second off, nigga, shut up. What the hell is you want to? Listen, you had one white chick 
three white dudes and Randy Moss. He's the only one up there crying, y'all. Only one. <laughs> I'm like, what is this nigga doing? Nigga, you are a professional football player. Probably going to the Hall of Fame. The hell is you on TV crying about something that was written in an email 10 years ago because some white dude said something about somebody got big lips. Then you go look at the dude. He actually do got some uh, some soup coolers on him, but it is what it is. <laughs> well, like he was lying. Shit. <laughs> but still, it was 10 years. It was like, my nigga, he ain't saying nothing about you. Did the dude that he said had big lips, was he crying? And then Jason Whitlock, Jason Whitlock called Randy Moss out on it. Randy Moss goes on Twitter and threatens to beat Jason Whitlock up. So listen to this. So you got you got Randy Moss crying because a white dude said a black guy had big lips in a e in, in an email that was 10 years old. He's crying about that on TV for the whole world to see. Sitting at a table with a white woman and three white dudes. He's the only person crying. But then he tweets out to Jason Whitlock that he going to beat Jason Whitlock, Whitlock up because Jason Whitlock gave some commentary on it. Like, my nigga, what? <laughs> what is wrong with these people? So even when you make money as a black person, you got to go out of your way to make up some racism. This nigga's crying about some damn emails. <laughs> like, nigga, shut your weak ass up. No, you ain't see it, Roscoe? Go watch Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock is probably the realest nigga on YouTube right now. Go watch it. He posted, Jason Whitlock posted the screenshot. Of course, Randy Moss deleted it, but somebody screen, uh, screenshot it before it got uh, deleted. He threatened to... Uh, he basically told Jason Whitlock, it's on when I see you. That's like what the tweet said, basically threatening him. But you was just crying about some damn emails, my nigga, that weren't even about you because somebody said somebody had some big lips and you on TV crying. <laughs> my nigga, if you don't get your ass up out of here. So, you know what I'm saying? Say Africans coming over here suing employers to cash out big. They taking the blueprint from Eidos. Are oh, they doing that? Okay. Well, they learning something from y'all then. <laughs> I ain't hear about that. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. This is the country where you can just sue for anything. That doesn't mean you're always going to win. That's another thing, right? People be like, I'm going to sue you. Like, listen. People get sued all the time, and people lose lawsuits all the time. I want y'all to understand that. Just because you file a lawsuit, that doesn't mean you're automatically going to win. Just want y'all to understand that. I know people throw that around like, eh, yeah, that, yeah, law, law, anybody can file one. That doesn't mean you're going to, you're guaranteed to win it. But anyway, so America is great for black folks if you apply yourself. Like I say, we are not living in 1821 or 1921. You niggas are allowed to read. Nobody is going to be hanging you upside down from your toes if you get caught reading a book. 
Nobody is trying to stop you from educating yourself. They got all kind of grants and programs out there to try to educate Negro. I just told y'all a couple months ago about in Atlanta, a company out in Atlanta. They want a five million dollar grant to go into the hoods of Atlanta, the hoods where where Jeezy and them be trapping, right? To the hoods of Atlanta. To, to, to teach niggas STEM, science, technology, well, not necessarily STEM, but teach them IT. They want to teach them how to code and get into cybersecurity. And it's free. All you got to do is just sign up. You sign up, do the program, successfully pass, you come out on the other end, a cybersecurity professional or a coder. And they specifically wrote this grant up, the target black people well it was written to say urban poverty centers in atlanta which is code for black people so i don't want to hear this you got it's mad opportunities out there right and guess what it's, it's being ran by some white folks <laughs> so i don't want to hear this crap it's mad opportunities out there b you just got to go out there and make it happen you got to and don't come up in here with this solution talk. Man, what the solution is? Man, it's about 50, 11 million solutions on YouTube alone. Go pick a channel, subscribe to it, and learn something, nigga. It ain't just always got to be black folks. I'm subscribed to a whole bunch of white people, too. They be teaching me some stuff that I'm interested in. I got this little... <clears throat> I like. I just started getting into arts and crafts, right? I'm kind of at that age now where I'm turning to one of them dudes that likes to do arts and crafts. I'm subscribed to this little white chick. White chick be getting busy on her YouTube channel, teaching me all kind of stuff, how to make shirts, custom cups. Yeah, she got me, she got me convinced I can go out there and open up my own damn store just selling stuff, man. I'm like, hell yeah. I ain't made one damn t-shirt yet, but you know. <laughs> At least I know where to go if I want to learn how to make custom designs on cups and T-shirts and stuff like that. Because I don't want to hear this crap. Pick something and do it. This is the country for you to do it because everybody else is coming here doing it. Why can't you do it? You already here. You already here. Don't miss me with the whole, somebody says sweatshop dizzle. Nah, I really discovered her channel because my son, my oldest is 15. About time for him to go get a job, start earning his own little money. So I was like, let me try something different. <clears throat> when I was 15, I had to go around throwing out applications, looking for a job from Mr. Charlie. My first real job was working at Burger King. I was like, what was I? I think I was like 15 right before I turned 16. I was like, man, look, my son, he ain't got to have it like that. Because, you know, back in 1995, we had the internet popping like that. Wasn't no social media. We had dial-up internet in my house, and my dad was the only one using it. Because <laughs> I ain't have a need for it. Wasn't no social media. Wasn't no Google. I think the only thing on the internet back then was porn and, and, and random blogs about aliens and stuff like that. But anyways. I ain't have these opportunities my son has, right? So I'm like, listen, 
My son, 15, about to go get us some driver's license. Well, he got to go get his permits. And he got to start earning his own money. Because, you know, he'll be 18 in three years, right? So I was like, I could do, I could do him like my pops did me. Drive him around, filling out applications, seeing he can get him a little job doing something just to start off his, you know, professional, his, uh, his, uh, get up and get his work experience up. Or get my son to start his own damn business at 15 years old. Selling t-shirts, selling, you know, he's into all that weird stuff kids his age wear. Like, man, you can go out there, sell your own custom T-shirts, custom hats. Like, you got all the stuff. It ain't like this stuff is super expensive. <clears throat> you ain't got to go take some random class at a community college to learn. You can watch YouTube videos, learn this stuff, get your skills up, go out there and market it. You got Instagram is a free platform for you to market your stuff. Facebook, YouTube, all, all the stuff the kids use. TikTok. Like, shit, man get my son busy out here man so that's why i was watching the white chick with the arts and crafts it's not necessarily because of me it's because i want to try to you know get my son uh get him started doing something so he can earn his own money so he doesn't have to go get a job like how i had to go get one because of the age and era that we live in where these opportunities are available to where a 15 year old or somebody even younger than that can go out there and get it popping if they want because of this wonderful thing called technology and the internet combined with social media. So while you out here whining and crying, black people that whine and cry about woe is me on, on, on YouTube all day, you got other black people younger than you that are barely teenagers out here making a killing off of YouTube. They're making a killing off of TikTok doing whatever there's a there's this black kid out of philly started his own clothing line called spurgo s-p-e-r-g is that how you spell it let me look it up spurgo clothing is that what it is yeah y'all go look up i'm a matter of fact let me do some screen shares let me do some screen shares on you negroes real quick this is black kid who started up a company called Spurgo. <clears throat> Spurgo, black kid from Philly, started his own clothing line at like 10, 11 years old out in Philly. Let's see if I can find him. This kid has made so much money to where his mother retired from her job and now she is damn near an employee of him. Like she, you know, she, you know, she works for the company now. A mother and son, where, where he, this is him right here. This little, this little chubby faced kid, he probably ain't no older than about 14 years old right now. This little chubby, fat-faced kid. This joker makes so much money off of this clothing line that he ain't got to do nothing for the rest of his life. He ain't got to go get no job. He made enough money to where his mother is working for the company now. 
Let me see if they got like in a in a bout. Let's see. But you gonna tell me? Look, look at this. Trey Brown is the 15 year old founder and CEO of Spurgo, a trend setting streetwear and lifestyle brand headquartered in Philly. At 12 years old, Trey became increasingly aware of the violence that plagued his. Com- oh, look at this! And he got a. He started his company off of some so uh, some social justice warrior stuff, y'all. <clears throat> well, not even that. He no no. Let me take that back. He started his company. Because he got tired of looking at black on black crime. This nigga started a coon company, y'all. I'm about to start buying from him. He a coon. At 12 years old, Trey became increasingly aware of the violence that plagued his community. He talking about black on black crime. He from Philly. He ain't out there talking about white people and the cops killing, but he, he had to talk about niggas killing niggas. He, he started a coon. This nigga, man, he a part of the coon brigade. He don't even know it. He wanted to do something to encourage his peers to stay out of trouble and follow their dreams. That year, he, well, listen to this. That year, he used his leftover birthday money to purchase 16 shirts. He sold out in one week. So you mean to tell me a 12-year-old from the stand in the community, as my man Xanatos Clutch coined that phrase. So y'all give Xanatos Clutch his propers. He's the first one I heard on YouTube talking about the community. So you mean a 12-year-old in the community looking at niggas killing each other had his birthday money he was like, what can I do? I can go stuff my face, play some video games. He went out and copped 16 T-shirts, threw a logo on it, sold them out in one week, took the money and flipped it and started a damn company to where his mother is working for the company full time. Like, that's how much money he got. He was able to free his mama up to where she runs, she, well, you know, she legally has to probably run the company until he turns 18. Excuse me. Let's see how much he made. Let's see. Look at this. Spurgo officially launched on Martin Luther King Day in 20. Look at this. 2018, he, he officially launched this company on MLK Day, the most appropriate day of the year. In just 36 months, he sold over 30,000 units of merchandise, secured several wholesale deals, and has grossed more than $200,000 in sales for several months in a row. He got celebrities like Meek Mill, The Baby, Puff Daddy, Shaq, Charles Barkley, Grant Hill, encouraging him. So he reached out to these celebrities. It was like, hey, Endorse my T-shirt, fool. I don't know how he got to him and whatever. They help. They help pump him up. He could have been on social media whining and crying about the white man. He reached out to a bunch of influential black people on social media instead of sending them videos uh, uh, of him whining and crying. It was like, hey, I got a shirt. You like it? I'm gonna send it to you for free. How much it costs for me to get you to promote it? Remember, I'm only 12 years old, so I ain't got no money. <laughs> He was able to do this at 12. 
but you got grown people. Grown people sending leaving comments on my YouTube videos talking about us basically we're just fascinated with money that we don't see how bad it is in America for black people. How bad can it be in America for a 12 year old to start a business in 2018 and make $200,000 a month selling t-shirts and, and hoodies? How bad can it be? Is it really bad? Or do you just suck at being an American? Is America really bad? My bad. Is America really bad? Or do you just suck at being an American? And I'm willing to bet you suck at being an American. A 12-year-old, this chubby-faced little dude here. Doing $200,000 a month in sales, y'all, because he learned how to use social media properly. He learned this at 12. And he come from a, I think he's a, uh, I think he came from a single mother household too. Because Matt, yeah, he came from a single mama household. He figured the game out at 12. How can I use social media to get it cracking? The same way I'm trying to, Teach my son. I want to be able to teach my son. Hey, you got you got social media and the internet. This is a game changer. This is the great liberator. I wish I had this when I was 15 years old. I would probably be a millionaire. You know how many crazy ideas I had when I was 15, but I just didn't have the money. I didn't have the connections. I didn't have a way to get in contact with people to help me out because I just couldn't reach out and contact these people. I couldn't go on Instagram and send somebody a DM to my favorite rapper. All we had was the Source magazine <laughs> and, and, and a BET's Rap City. I couldn't do that. I ain't have it like that. They got it. You got it so much easier today. I would be, I know I would be a, a, a freaking millionaire 20 times over if I had access to social media. Cause I had, I had great ideas and I had way, I had so much energy and passion trying to uh, pursue them. I just didn't have the money. <laughs> you need money to do things. I didn't have the money and I didn't have the connections and I didn't know anybody else that had you know, that type of drive. I knew very few people that had the type of connections I had. You know, it just it wasn't my time. You know what I'm saying? But man, if I could, if I could take the internet back to 19, if I could take today's internet back to 1995, 96, there's no way in the world I would, I would have went to go work at Burger King. No way in the world. We're like, what the hell out of here? But now, obviously, I went to go work for them, which led to me working for other people to where I currently am now. But, you know, it kind of is what it is. I kind of fell into that lifestyle due to uh, bills and responsibilities and all that. But I'm talking about back then in 95, I ain't had no kids. I ain't had no babies. I was 15, 16 years old. Wasn't thinking about getting nobody pregnant. 
All I did was play pickup basketball all day long. Or when I wasn't doing that, I was trying to figure out how can I make some money? Because even in middle school, I used to sell candy bars. I used to cop. As a matter of fact, I did that in college. I used to, I used to be, um, I used to live in these, uh, my freshman year in college, I was known as the candy man. Well, I was unofficially known as the snack man. Because everybody sold weed. Everybody. Everybody sold weed. All the, all the little dope boys sold weed. But guess what? Nobody sold snacks. And I was like, listen, I can't be the only person that gets hungry after getting high. I used to smoke back then. I used to get high, something serious. I started smoking weed in high school, college. It really took off. I was, I was just chiefing every day. I was like, I can't be the only person that's hungry after I get smoked, after we finish smoking around here. So I decided one day I took some money. I think I had my grandma or somebody send me some money. I went down to the, uh, to the store. I loaded up on some snacks, you know, like nigga food, food you eat after you get high, some Fanta sodas, all the high calorie stuff. <laughs> I loaded up on them. I had niggas knocking on my door like crackheads. I remember one day the um all the dorms ran out of sodas like they like the like the dude whoever whatever contract they had they didn't come through and stock up the damn things for sodas. I remember I was living in these dorms called Emory's. Emory 4. They were like this dorm everybody had their own room, right? It was like the, it was like the next best thing to living in the commons, right? The commons are the apartments. But the problem was Emory 4 was on the other side of the campus away from everybody else. I remember 10 o'clock at night, some dude knocking on my door, talking about, hey, man, I heard you got some sodas and some snacks. I was like, yeah. I'm like, where are you, like, where are you coming from? He was like, man, I just came from Russell Hall or Banneker Hall. I was like, did you just walk over here? He was like, yeah. I was like, what you like, bro, they ain't got no snacks nowhere else. He was like, nah, you're the only person we know of on campus that got snacks. So from Banneker Hall to Emory 4, if you footing it, that's about a good mile and a half walk. It's about Yeah, about a mile and a half walk. This dude don't pass. He passed Bethune, Russell. What was the other? It was another dorm. It was Bethune. No, okay, he passed. What was it? It was Bethune, Russell, Young. He passed three other dorms. Walked about a good mile across campus to come to my dorm to knock on the door and buy some buy some damn little uh, zebra cakes and some Fanta sodas, right? Because I was known as the snack guy. I knew niggas like getting high and I knew niggas like snacks. So I was like, I'm not going to sell the weed. I'll sell you the snacks. I'll say you go get the weed from them. I'll sell you the sugar. <laughs> so. But imagine what I could have did if I had the internet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was on some stuff like that, trying to figure out how I can make money. If I had the internet back in them days, man, I'd be a damn millionaire. I would be a million. I used to sell bootleg CDs in college. <laughs> Remember when uh, Napster was out? I was, one of the, I was one of the dudes out there hustling bootleg CDs. I was trying to get it by any means necessary. <laughs> I'm making mixtapes and all that crap. Five ten dollars a pop, depending upon how many songs I was getting it in. I mean, there was I had I had, I had there were dudes who were out competing me, but you know I did what I had to do. I made enough money to fund my weed habit and club habit because you know smoking weed in college got a little expensive. 
But uh, but imagine if I had the internet back then, the internet of today. I mean, we had internet, but imagine if I had the internet of today, social media, all that stuff, online shopping. Imagine if I had that back in 95, 96 when I was 15, 16, or 98, 99 when I was 18, 19 in, in college. Imagine. Dude, I'd be, I'd be on YouTube giving motivational speeches every day, talking about how you can make $10,000 if you sign up for my program. I'd be on some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, we was getting it in back in them days. Because all you had to do was just go buy some rewritable CDs. You, go, you, you can either go buy the album or you can just rip it off uh, Napster. Because, you know, back then Napster was popping. Burn some CDs, people will buy it. Because people thought, because even back then, people didn't know how to burn. They didn't know how to burn stuff. They didn't know how to burn stuff. They didn't know how to rip music. They know that. Listen, a lot of people didn't even know that crap back in them days. I knew it. I figured out how to do it. There was a couple other cats, but there was a whole bunch more people who didn't know how to do it. So I saw an opportunity to make money. I was like, shit, let me go down to the damn thing and buy some, some recordable CDs. Get me a little, little magic marker. I even figured out how to how to how to you know I got the little custom CDs and printed out the damn album cover. Man, we figured it all out. We was making some decent money. I had to, there was one guy who was making a killing doing that. He was making way more money than me because he was set up in the student union. So you know I didn't want to I didn't want to you know he was known as the go to guy. I was like the uh, secondary or third. <laughs> he was already established. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't want to. I didn't want to try to, you know, mess up his money because you know, I, I believed in black entrepreneurship. Even back then, even back then, I accepted being like the number two or three guy for burn for uh for for bootleg music. Like I say, the guy, I can't remember what his name is, but um, I'm friends with him on Facebook still to this day. But he used to be set up in the student union. He was the go to guy on campus. Now, when he wasn't around or if he didn't have it, there was another dude. And if he didn't have it, people came to me. <laughs> So I accepted my position. I, I didn't try to, I wasn't too, too concerned about being the number one guy of selling bootleg music. I wanted to see other brothers win. <laughs> I mean, I was making money selling snacks. Believe it or not, believe it or not, them snacks was profitable for me. That thing I was making, because I didn't just sell snacks. I sell, I sold blunts too, because niggas needed weed. So I, I used to sell the blunts. I used to sell the, uh, the Garcia Vegas, the White Owls, and the Phillies. I sold them too. I sell them things for like a dollar a piece. And I sold cigarettes. I would go buy a carton of cigarettes, Newports, you know, the preferred cigarette of black people. I would sell them 25 cents a cigarette. So off of one box, I'd make about $50. It cost me like $20 to get a carton. So that's why I didn't stress bootleg music because I was making money selling snacks and cigarettes. <laughs> But uh, anyways, well, man, imagine what, imagine what I could do with the internet. So now here we are with the internet, and you got young people, people younger than me, who who were born in this era. They were given smartphone. I mean, come on, we got we got people that are like, let me see, I don't know. You got a bunch of young people born into the era or at least they came of age in the era of the smartphone 
and social media, and they sitting around here whining and crying about racism nonstop. But you got a 12-year-old right here, a 12-year-old right here selling $200,000 worth of merchandise a month off of a business he started by selling T-shirts. He said, I was selling Lucy's like Eric, except I wasn't out on the streets. I was in my dorm room. <laughs> People had to come see me. I wasn't out there on the streets. I was in a dorm room. So there's a difference. <laughs> but I feel you. So I don't want to hear this crap about America so bad. America is so bad. We got 12-year-olds, 12-year-old black boys coming up out the ghettos of Philly making $200,000 a month or selling $200,000 a month worth of product to the point where his mama quit her job and she works for his company full time. That's how bad it is in America, y'all. 12-year-olds is out here getting it. I mean, there's plenty of other examples I can give you. What's that? Uh, what's that little black girl? Hold on. Uh, black girl lemonade. How do you spell lemonade? Lemonade Walmart. Eliminate. Right here. Y'all ever heard of Me the Bees Lemonade? Who heard of this right here? Me the Bees Lemonade. Anybody heard of that? Oh, let me put my screen bigger. Hold on. Me the Bees Lemonade. Anybody heard of this? Me the Bees Lemonade. Anybody heard of this? Oh, yeah, she was on Shark Tank. Look at this. The girl turned a lemonade stand into an $11 million business, y'all. You're like, who is that? Well, let's go find. Oh, look at this. Look at. Oh, and she's dark skinned, y'all. She is a dark skinned ABW or soon to be ABW. This little dark-skinned black girl, and I keep saying dark-skinned on purpose because, you know, dark-skinned black women have the seem to have the lowest self-esteem in this entire country. Y'all think this black girl got low self-esteem? How many of y'all think this black girl got low self-esteem, y'all? How many? Who thinks she's going to be on YouTube crying about colorism, y'all? Crying about how... Men only want light-skinned and white women. Y'all think she's going to be doing that? This chick got a business that's given her 11 million reasons not to be doing that. This chick started a lemonade stand, y'all. A lemonade stand in the literal sense. Turned it into an $11 million business. How old is this girl? Her name is Michaelia Omar. Let's look her up. Let's see if they got a little story on her. As a matter of fact, did I just see it? Let's see. Michaelia, explain. Uh, look at that. You think she's going to have self-esteem problems? Michaelia explained the origin of the Mies bee. She said, listen to this. When I was just four, I got stung by a bee and then got stung again less than a week later. Naturally, I didn't enjoy the bee stings at all, and I became scared of bees. 
But then after doing some research about them, I became fascinated and learned all about what they do for me in our ecosystem. So this girl got stung by some bees at four years old. She could have turned into a woe is me bee stinger. Woe is me, the bees is out. What'd she do? She was like, let me go and figure out why these bees is stinging my little black ass. She started reading about them, learning about, you know what? Bees are very important to the food production process. If bees go extinct, we all go extinct. In case you guys don't know that, bees, honeybees are essential to all survival on this planet because they move pollen around. Every time they touch a damn flower looking for nectar, they spread pollen around, which pollinates the damn flowers and all that crap. You take bees out of the equation, we all die. So do not kill bees. Anyways, it says, around that same time, my family encouraged me to make a product for a couple children business competitions. So they did this when she was about four or five years old, y'all called the Action Children's Business Fair and Austin Lemonade Day. She said, so I put on my thinking cap. Uh-oh, she started thinking. You ain't supposed to be doing that. I thought about some ideas. While I was thinking, my great-granny Helen, who lived in Cameron, South Carolina. Wait, Cameron? Oh, I know where that's at. My wife, I think my wife might have family out there. Hmm. Who lived in Cameron, South Carolina, sent my family a 1940s cookbook which included her special recipe for flaxseed lemonade. So then I thought, what if I make something that helps honeybees and uses my great granny's granny Helen's lemonade recipe? I decided to give her beloved lemonade a new twist by adding honey from bees instead of, of only sugar. Look at this. She's over here using natural sweetening, y'all. Honey is natural sweetening. Y'all know sugar, the white sugar. You know, when you see sugar coming off of a sugar cane or whatever, it's brown. You got to, when you get that white sugar, they got to go through and refine that crap. Anyways, it says, that's how B-Sweet Lemonade was born. However, we had to change the name due to a copyright issue. So we decided to call it Meat and the Bees Lemonade because we gave a percentage of the sales to help save the bees. We are now, wow, we are now celebrating more than 10 years in business. Wow, she's been doing this for 10 years, y'all. This girl probably about 15 years old, been in business for 10 years in some fashion to the point where her business, her business, I love lemonade. I'm about to go buy some from this girl. Her business, they say, is worth 11 milli. We talking about a girl who ain't even graduated high school, who just happens to be a dark-skinned girl. Like I said, I keep mentioning this because in black YouTube, Dark skin is a big issue. Go listen to Chrissy. They, all they do is cry about colorism and how men want light skin and white women and, and everybody just treat color dark skin girls bad. I don't think she's going to have a problem in life, y'all. You know why? Because she found something to focus on. Other than her skin color. She was like, let me, uh, let me focus on something that, that I like, that I'm interested in that somebody, other people might like too. She went in there and whipped up some damn lemonade. And now her stuff, look at this, this is all her. Do y'all know how this stuff works in grocery stores? Y'all think they just randomly put drinks on shelves? 
Y'all know companies got a bid for these spaces and shelves. And if you want like primetime real estate in a grocery store, you got to pay primetime bucks to get your product in certain aisles or certain positions in, in a grocery store. So they, they don't just they don't just randomly throw stuff up here on the shelves. That stuff is up there because somebody put a bid for this stuff to be there. She got three rows. <laughs> you know how much money she probably dropped to put, get three rows? I guarantee they dropped some cheese for that. She got three of them. Let's see, where's her? I want to see how many stores her stuff. Where's her stuff at? Because I, I want to say, well, look, look at this. Look at this. Okay, store locators. Let's check this out. They got, oh, look at this. Her stuff is in Whole Foods, y'all. They got her stuff in Kroger, the Fresh Market. We used to have one of these when I lived in Augusta, Georgia. But the Fresh Market, that place is, ex listen, I don't know who's more expensive, Fresh Market or Whole Food. They're about pretty much on par with each other. But that, them places are expensive. She got her stuff in there with, them, with, them, with the people that be dropping mad cheese. So to get back to this picture over here, how much you think shelf space in a Whole Foods cost, y'all, in a Fresh Market? Even a Kroger. You talking about racks over here? This all started from a lemonade stand, and she's like 14, 15, maybe 16 years old now. But you got grown people on here crying about it's so hard for black peoples. They sell her stuff in Target and Walmart, y'all. Look, they even got it in the uh oh, that's is that her? No, that's not her. But they got they got her stuff in Target. She competing up against Country Time Lemonade and all them. Like, like, what the hell are we even talking about here? You say H-E-B, Howard E. Butt. Oh, that's, an, oh, that's another. I, I never heard of that. I know about Fresh Market, Whole Foods, and Kroger. But oh, oh, a Target, too. That's Target. My bad. I ain't even see the Target symbol. She in Target, too. And Walmart. I'm surprised they ain't got Walmart listed up here. So what are we even talking about here? So I just wanted to share that with y'all. I'm on here longer than I'm supposed to be on here. I don't want to hear this crap about how bad you think you got it as a black person. You ain't got it bad. You just suck at being an American. That's it. You just suck at being an American due to stupid decisions you've made that you refuse to correct. Cause you, cause here the, the beautiful thing about America is the beautiful thing about this country is this: you can you can damn near correct any mistake. Now there are some things you can't correct that shouldn't be corrected. You know, we're, you know, we're not gonna go. Y'all know, y'all kind of know where I'm going with this. But there are a lot of things you can correct. You can go out there and make stupid mistakes and still go out there and get an opportunity to correct that crap. There's a drug dealer. What's that? I wish I, I can never remember this guy's name. This is my last example. Drug dealer turned Las Vegas chef. This guy, Jeff Henderson. Jeff Henderson spent nearly a decade in prison for selling cocaine. I remember watching his story on TV some years ago. 
This dude say he started selling cocaine when he was in high school. He got up to the point where he said he was making about $30,000, $50,000 a week moving that white stuff. All before he was 25 years old. Like, that's how big he was doing it. His squad was pulling in twenty dollars to $50,000 a week selling powder and every other derivative of it, i.e. crack. Got caught. Got sent upstate for a decade. While he was in prison, they put him in the kitchen. He started learning how to cook food in prison. He ain't never even cooked before. He learned how to cook in prison. Discovered he liked it. Started tweaking little recipes to where he became popular in prison for known for making, you know, good food. Your man's got out of prison. Went to Las Vegas or somewhere. I think Las Vegas. Got hired as a dishwasher in a hotel. Or one of them resorts. Washing dishes in the kitchen. This man eventually worked himself up to be one of the top premier chefs in Las Vegas, y'all. I need to get a new chair. He went from a drug dealer to one of the top premier chefs in Las, uh, Las Vegas. This guy right here. This guy right here. Chef Jeff. Former crack dealer turned chef. I saw this, they did a story on him a couple years ago on TV. That's how I learned about him. This dude, 10 years in the bing, selling powder and crack. You out here free? You say, did he drop an album? Nah, he ain't dropped no... He ain't dropped no album. He started dropping them butter biscuits, baby. <laughs> he he went into the kitchen, started whipping up butter biscuits. <laughs> That's what he was doing. So I don't I don't understand what we're talking about here. I do not understand what we talk. This is one of the country, one of the few countries in the world where you can you can do redos for the most part. You can totally turn your life around from a because that that that's a mistake that could that that'll jam up a lot of people. I got people in my own family that got caught up in that crap. They started off selling dope, some of them using it now. But this guy right here was supposed to be another statistic. He's supposed to be in jail. He's supposed to be back out there slanging, doing all kind of stupid stuff. He in here whipping up food. One of the top chefs in Las Vegas. And Las Vegas is one of the cities you want to be one of the top chefs in because that's what that's that's a major tourist attraction for the world. But you got Negroes on social media right now talking about how bad it is in this country. Really? Was it bad for him? He got out and decided to just get his life right. Started at the bottom, washing dishes, doing what he had to do. Because he uh, until he made his dream come true. Now, will you become the top chef? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you become like a, 
secondary chef. I don't know what the damn chef rankings are. I don't know. Maybe you would just be good enough to where you can open up your own food truck and get it popping. I got a friend right now that does that. He got out the army. He went to, uh, what do you call it? What, what do you call that school? Culinary school. He, uh, during the pandemic, he opened up his own business where he was selling plates. He, he'd be in the house whipping up food, advertising on Instagram. People come to the house, pick up a plate. $10, $15, depending upon what he was cooking that day. His house was jumping. I went and caught me a couple plates <laughs> and paid full price, even though I've been knowing this nigga since he's been like 15 years old, but whatever. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. He likes to cook. That's what he does. You know what I mean? Why can't you, uh, you, why can't you get your life right? Huh? Because you black. Man, you got mad opportunities in America to get it popping, B. You just suck at being an American. Anyways, I'm about to go. That's my two cents. Y'all be safe out in these streets. More of the, moral of the story is stop sucking as an American. You're born here in the land of opportunities. Use them. See how far you can go. Because I, Listen, I'm trying to tell y'all. Once you actually apply yourself and you start securing little victories, you're going to you're going to change it. It's kind of like a person losing weight, like me for instance. So y'all know I've been I've been working out a little bit, a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I notice little changes in my weight. Notice my clothes are a little looser now. It's not it's not readily noticeable to the average person, but it's noticeable to me. It makes me feel good. You know what I'm saying? I'm finally, after I got out the army, I finally, I've been out the army almost six years now. I finally gotten back to a point where I'm like, I'm ready to start working back out again. Even though I never should have stopped, but I did. And now I'm starting to notice my weight, you know, slightly going down a little bit, pound by pound. I ain't like I'm dropping massive weight. I just go in there, maybe, maybe a week or so. I might be like a pound or two lighter than I was the previous week or whatever. But it feels good. It gives me the it gives me motivation to, to push towards the next week. You know what I'm saying? So once you start securing little victories with your life, you start feeling better about your stuff. You start seeing things from a whole new world. Like, wow, maybe I can really do this. Maybe I can actually make something of myself. Maybe I can do whatever. I can try, I can do something. But if all you do is just look at social media all day and you just whine and cry about white people racism gender war stuff colorism stuff and that's all you consume yourself when you never do anything else you never apply yourself of course you're going to be one of these people talk about how bad america sucks no america doesn't suck because you're black you suck as an american because you have the opportunity to do these things you got motherfuckers walking right now through jungles trying to get this trying to get to this place you're at you're already here you suck as an american and it doesn't matter what your skin color is. Yeah, you got white folks, they suck too for the same reasons. But since we're talking about black folks, you suck. I don't want to hear this racism crap. Jeff, uh, uh, Steve Jobs ended racism with the iPhone. He liberated all you Negroes. You suck as an American. Stop being a sucky American. Anyways, y'all be safe. Peace.